Chorsey Eisen for like <laughs> dog. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. It's a rowing special on this week's show as we reflect on yet more remarkable performances from Skibbereen rowers on the international stage. On Sunday afternoon in Varese, Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy added the 2021 European title to their 2019 world crown. The Skibbereen duo raced to gold in the A-final of the lightweight men's double at the European Championships. And on today's podcast, we'll chat to 2016 Rio Olympian Claire Lamb about their performances. Fellow Skibbereen rower Emily Hegarty won a silver medal. The Affadown woman is part of the Irish women's forward that finished second to the Netherlands. And we'll speak to Emily a little later on. But Kieran, first, your own reflections on what was a stunning weekend for Irish and Skibbereen rowing in Italy. I think I need to start fighting the sequel to something in the water, Jack. Such was the was the brilliance of the Skibbereen Roars and even, indeed the Irish rowing team at the Europeans last weekend. Um, uh, 17 Irish rowers went over eight crews and six of those crews got to A-finals on Sunday and the six Skibbereen athletes that went to the Europeans also got to the A-finals. So brilliant weekend of rowing. You obviously mentioned there um, uh, Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy winning gold and that's probably the headline line from, from the weekend because that Irish men's lightweight double is favoured for the gold in Tokyo later in the year. So there's a bit of pressure on them at the European Championships to see where they are at this stage of the year. And they're right bang at it from the very start. Um, very impressive win. They won their heat on Friday, their semi-final on Saturday, and the final then on Sunday. So when you consider that they've only had a couple of weeks together in the boat after the trialling process over the winter, to hit the ground running and show such good form so early is very encouraging for what lies ahead. At the moment, the entire rowing Ireland team is stayed on in Varese for a six-week training camp ahead of World Cup 2 in Lucerne in mid-May. So what that means, all the rowers are going to get time together, flat water over in Italy, good weather, a really, really good solid training block. So that should really kind of push them along in their in, in their um, their fitness-wise, their technique, their, their ability in the boat and so on for the next World Cup. Because if you look at the winter just gone, Usually the Irish roars head away for camps in Seville and, and, and so on, but they couldn't in the, in, in the, in the last winter. So this is a, an important building block for what's going to follow. But uh, Fintan and Paul were so, so impressive, Jack. And it wasn't just Fintan and Paul who picked up medals. Obviously, I mentioned Emily and we're going to hear from her later on. But you caught up with 2016 Rio Olympian Claire Lamkirn and you spoke to her not just about the medal winners, but also the other performances from some of the Skibbereen rowers over there the likes of Aoife Casey, Liddy Heafy, and the aforementioned Gary O'Donovan. So before we hear from Claire, maybe just give us a taste of what she had to say. 
Uh, Claire is a former Olympian herself. She raced in the, the women's lightweight double at the 2016 Games in Rio. That's the same games that Gary and Paul won Olympic silver. So Claire knows the sport inside out, back to front and upside down. So brilliant to get Claire Lamb on the podcast and to get her take on a great weekend for Irish rowing and skibbereen rowing. So um, obviously Claire knows lightweight rowing, like I said, inside out. So she's great insight on the lightweight women's double of Eva Casey from Skibbereen and Margaret Crimmon and Lydia Heafy is another Skibbereen war in the wrecking there. So brilliant insight here from Claire as she reflected on a superb weekend for Irish rowing. We're delighted now to be joined on the podcast by Rio rowing Olympian Claire Lamb. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week, Claire. Thanks very much, Kieran. It's great that you're giving so much coverage to the rowing. It was such, such an incredible weekend at the European Rowing Championships. And we can kick this chat off by looking at the lightweight women and how they fared over the weekend. Um, we saw the lightweight double of Aoife Casey, Margaret Crimmon, finish fifth in the A final. And this is an improvement on their performance at the 2020 Europeans and probably means too they get a boost ahead of the final Olympic qualification we got in Lucerne next month. But what do you think they need to do, Claire, to take one of those two spots on offer in Lucerne? Like, I think it really showed a big jump, uh, a big progression from last year. They're like, they finished seven last year, but they were quite in the race this year. Um, those five, or uh, the four boats ahead of them have already qualified and are also would probably be a final medalist standard um, going into the games. So they really put down a good mark. Um, they've got six weeks now into the qualifier, no doubt, Dominic, um, We'll put them through through their paces, and they'll probably have a very tough six weeks, and then a nice wind down into the into qualifier. But I, I imagine they're looking to peak for it for the qualifier, and um, like I think it, it's still going to be really tough for them. But they showed really good uh, speed at at the Europeans, and I think um, that you know with a bit of luck on their side, they actually could be in contention for one of the two places remaining. When you look at the age profile of the lightweight women with Rowing Ireland at the moment, Aoife is 21, Megs is 22, Lydia Heafy in the single is just 23, I think. So it's such a young group. So obviously the Tokyo Olympics is later this summer, but the Paris Olympics is only three years time in 2024. So is Paris a more realistic target for this for, 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 for this group of lightweight women? I think so. They got a massive boost when that announcement came around because... Um, the way we were looking at it in rowing was that this was to be the last Olympics for the lightweights, but due to COVID and um, kind of financial pressures on the Olympic organizing committees, um, they decided not to bring in coastal and retain the lightweights for another cycle, which I think for those lightweight girls, it's going to be, um, uh, it's just such a boost because yeah, it was almost just coming too, too, too soon for them as, Tokyo and I think pa Paris is like a realistic chance where they can be um, probably medal contention at that point so like by no doubt the goal for them over the last few years has been Tokyo and that's still the goal and uh, hopefully they will do it but Paris I think it is a more realistic long-term chance and like with the with the trajectory that they are on and the talent and um the natural ability they're showing as well in their scores and stuff. I think um, they've got a really good squad there and it's really exciting to see what they'll do um, come Paris as well. 
Another exciting squad at the moment is the women's heavyweight contingent at Rogue Ireland. Then we saw the women's four superb at Europeans. They got a, a silver medal, brilliant result. And we've Emily Hegarty from Skibreen on the podcast chatting about it this week. And your sister, Emer, is in that boat too. So how pleased for you, were you to see them win silver last Sunday? Oh, yeah, it was so exciting. And it's a pity, like, obviously, the celebrations and uh, getting a big crowd into the house to watch the race. So it was more like our, our neighbours WhatsApp group kind of buzzing away. But um, yeah, it was really exciting. And I'm so grateful to, like, I'm so proud of Emer and the joy she's bringing to my parents now that they're uh, continuing on the the international circuit following all the races. And um, yeah, it's, it's so nice to see how happy my parents are. They've put in so much work all through all the years and she's really kind of bringing them the reward. Um, so yeah, we were absolutely delighted for her. And I think it's been coming, like the the quality of the heavyweight women's squad. Um, again, the scores they're pulling is really, really impressive. We've never been anywhere near these scores um, and the depth of, of uh, quality in in the squad. Um, we haven't been here before. And I think, yeah, we knew they had it in them. And then it was great that they actually were able to put that out there and show we actually are world-class. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm afraid to put like too much mass on it, but, um, it's looking good for them. Definitely going into the qualifier. Yeah. Like you said there, they're also going into the final Olympic qualification for Gatlin Lucerne next month. And they're hoping as well to take one of the two spots on offer. How would you rate their chances now, Claire, after seeing what they performed last Sunday? Like I say, like, I think it's looking good, but you're going into quite an unknown event, like. Basically, we've only seen them perform in Europe um, the last two years. They haven't raced uh, beyond Europe, I suppose, since 2019. So there are going to be probably unknowns coming into that regatta who we wouldn't know the form of. And one of those is going to be China, who, like, they always produce, come around to an Olympic year, really strong rowing country. Um, so they'll be strong contenders. We, are, we do know that the Kiwis aren't, are not sending a four to the qualifier so and they'd also be very strong in the women's heavyweight so yeah like and also then on top of that that regatta they'll have to perform under probably the most pressure they'll ever have raced under um in their careers and and they are a young enough squad so i think if if they can get the best race out of themselves it's looking really good but i'd be afraid to you know say it's a guarantee it was a great weekend for the women's four and it was a superb weekend for the lightweight men's double as well. We saw Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy show again that they were a winning combination. They won gold. Um, just how impressive were they, Claire? They just look so strong, like um, phenomenally strong. And uh, I think Fintan as well. Um, I remember him in the crew room back probably in the Rio cycle of things. So maybe you're talking 2014 and he's like horsing into buckets of peanut butter trying to put on weight. And now he looks like he's really come on. He's looking really strong Um, a, a real top class lightweight now at this stage. Um, so he's backing up Paul uh, with that, that strength. And I think, yeah, they'll probably finesse uh, their technique a bit over, over the summer. So I think there is more speed to come. Um, but yeah, it was pretty dominating uh, performance. Just on Paul for a second, I put up a tweet during the week and it, it got a load of reaction. I was just saying he's probably one of the, the greatest sports people that Ireland has ever produced. He's an Olympic silver medalist, four-time world champion, a two-time European champion. Just how good is Paul O'Donovan? 
yeah, <laughs> I think we all would just see Paul as almost a freak of nature. Like he really is phenomenal, but it's not just his physiology, it's his attitude as well. Um, we're all well aware of it in his interviews, that kind of chilled. He kind of says it as it is. He keeps it really simple. Um, so he's kind of got a, the whole package um, and technically like just um, he has some unusual uh, technique that probably wouldn't be the model form of what would be coaching and that sort of thing. But he grips up the water. He's uh, phenomenal on the catch. And then he just has the power to carry it through. So, yeah, he's he's an all rounder um, in the sport of rowing. And yeah, with the with the results now to his name, it's hard to I don't know many Irish athletes that are four time world champion and an Olympic medalist like. So yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you, but it's it's a difficult one to argue. Like it's an incredible story, I suppose the Paul and Gary story. And you mentioned earlier, Fintan is now the man in possession of one of those seats. And I'm thinking back to 2016, and I was talking to Fintan before. And that Friday when Gary and Paul won the Olympic silver medal, Fintan was inside in the Paragon Bar down in Skibreen watching the race on the big screen. And he was telling me after that he, he was looking at it and he was saying, there are two fellas from the same club with the same clothes coach doing the same training program and if they can do that why can't I do it and now we look five years later Finton is in the boat with Paul going to the Olympics it's been an incredible rise for Finton but he's earned his place in that boat too he has yeah he's um he's just come on year on year and uh, it's pretty amazing kind of how he was inspired by the two brothers and then to put himself in in this position five years five years later um yeah, he's done a great job and he he has earned it and he performed well in the single last year as well at the Europeans. He kind of his first chance to prove himself as a, as a single athlete. Um, so, yeah, he, he does deserve it. Like Gary's obviously not in the boat now when he finished fourth in the single at the Europeans. But given what we saw last Sunday, Finton and Paul look locked in for the double going to Tokyo at this stage, don't they? Oh, I think it's, yeah, I think... Um, fact that they performed so well it'd be very hard for for Dominic to open that up again I, I don't think he will and I think Gary is aware of that as well and um, he said that in his post-race interview he's re readjusted his goals now for the single this year and just to be ready if if he does get the opportunity to step up I think he's shown such a mature attitude and he's a, a brilliant role model for for that reason like there can only be one winner and there's a lot of people that you know um have to go through the knocks of sport and how he's handling it for others in the team even you know who've missed opportunities um just reset and set yourself for your new goal like he's he's doing that really really well and um at least uh he's putting that out there in the public as well for other athletes so again he inspired people in in um four five years ago in in rio and i think his attitude now is pretty inspirational now for, yeah in this cycle so. and it's, it's nearly 100 days to go to, to the olympics it's closing in faster than we ever thought it would be um, how excited are you for the rowing ireland cruise going over we know we've four crews already there possibly two more and we haven't even mentioned sunita who's a great medal prospect and obviously finton and paul now as well it could potentially be a very good olympics for the irish rowers it could yeah like still three months to go i think lucerne will be a better tell um the the world cup in lucerne so obviously there's the qualifier and then the world cup on the same week um will be be a better indicator of where all the crews are at obviously it's still like quite early in the season to to be even be racing 2k's 
Um, but there's no doubt, yeah, they're going in probably one of the uh, best prospects for Ireland as a sport. Uh, and yeah, I hope they they can achieve kind of what's now starting to be expected of them. But it, it is looking good. And hopefully now no setbacks between now and Tokyo. And they get a good run in and um, and do what they, they're capable of, of doing. And finally, Claire, as a, as a roar yourself and as a, an Olympic roar and, and as a huge rowing fan, the growth of the sport over the last couple of years has been phenomenal. When you look now, 17 rowers went to the Europeans last weekend, eight boats, and Sunita wasn't even part of that crew um, that went over there. The sport is just, it's hitting new highs at the moment here in Ireland. Yeah, and it is a testament, I think, to the coaches. Um, and that's at club level who are producing the the juniors and the young athletes that are coming into the system but then the the high performance system that's in place now they've got a a really good formula that like Frankine and Antonio Morgivani uh Giuseppe working with the heavyweights have done a phenomenal job in building and particularly the women's four who they kind of started out with quite a raw product let's say um really young athletes coming in to now be in contention for qualifying and then you know a lot beyond that um come Tokyo so I just think they they've done a lot for the sport in Ireland and um uh credit to them and then of course can't not mention Dominic Casey who's built an depth now in the lightweight squad and that's across the men and the women um like he he's not world rowing coach of the year for no reason we're so lucky to have him and um hopefully he'll he'll stay with us for for a good good while longer exciting weeks and months ahead thank you claire so much for joining us on the podcast this week thanks karen kieran gary o'donovan was another who impressed out in italy and despite not winning a medal he seemed relatively upbeat when he spoke to rte's david gillick in the aftermath we're going to play some of that audio in a minute but what were your own main takeaways from gary's showing over the few days in italy uh, first off, Gary's interview with RT and David Gillick was so impressive, Jack. It was a, a real honest assessment of where Gary is right now. And he admitted that he probably, and he was very unlikely to get back in the double for the Olympics this year. It looks pretty locked in at this stage that it's going to be Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. So that can be easy for Gary to was to watch the boat that he made famous and he's a part of it now and he's looking at Paul and Finton and they're winning European gold and they're going on to, to the Olympics in great form but as I've said before Gary is just a class act on and off the water a great time for that man um, he's just a superb role model for, for any sports person out there on and off the water. So he finished fourth in the lightweight men's single skull. And that was a really good performance because he wouldn't be known as a great single sculler in his own right. And you're talking about Paul O'Donovan. Paul is a superb single sculler and he was twice world senior champion in 2016 and 2017. But Gary wouldn't be as strong in a single. So to finish fourth to the Europeans, it actually was progression from the last few major championships when he raced in a single. So he finished in fourth. To, to be quite honest, he was never really in the, the medal conversation. He was sixth for a large part of the race, but in the final 500 metres, he, he made his move and passed out passed out two boats, but he wasn't ever close enough to the top three medal positions. But um, a good performance, and he looked too to build on what he showed in Varese. He's at that training camp as well. What he wants to do now is make sure that he's in the best shape possible, just in case something happens to the double. And I'm touching wood here, 
that all the rowers get through the next couple of weeks and months injury free. But let's say something did happen to either Paul or Finton, then Gary is the backup who'll step in to step into that double. So he needs to make sure that he's the best he can be over the next couple of months. And he will. That's Gary. Like he's an Olympic silver medalist, a former world champion. He's the, the ultimate professional. So he'll be ready when he's called on. And you'll hear now from his interview with David Gillick. Brilliant interview. And my favourite interview from the weekend, to be quite honest, that um, he was very honest and open about where he stands right now in relation to the double and the single. I mean, I think I'm not, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm able to put my full capacity into the water at the minute because of the, the way I'm rowing. I'm just not, I'm not running with the boat. I'm not getting that right feeling with the water. And then, you know, what power I'm, what power I'm putting down isn't being used as efficiently as, as I think it could be. Um, and I think that's costing me, yeah, down the middle. And I think if I can get that right, then I should be able to move faster down the middle of the race and, and be closer to the medals then towards the finish. And look, when we look ahead, obviously, there's a lot of talk about uh, the double. Um, you're looking at the Olympic Games. Where do you go from, uh, from these championships? Uh, well, I think, I, well, yeah, I'd say, like, in my mind, I'll probably just be trying to make the single go as fast as I can. I don't think there'll be much more. Um, I don't think there'll be uh, much of an opportunity for me to get back in the double because the guys was going so well, uh, and that's a testament to them. You know, fair play, they're they're really really going well. Um, so I think that opportunity is probably gone at this stage. So I'll just keep on tipping away and doing my best and trying to trying to improve uh, and go as fast as I can. And then if if you know something goes wrong, I'll be there as a as a backup and a reserve, and and uh, I can hopefully do a good job if that happens. But. I think, yeah, just for me and for the time being, is trying to go as fast as I can in the single and do as well as I can um, at the next regatta. And for an athlete of your calibre, is that enough motivation for you? Oh, yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. I mean, it's not as if, um, like, I think, you know, it's good to see that the guys are going so well in the double um, because I think that just kind of shows that, like, you know, I've, I was when I was in the double, I was going well, and it's not, I didn't make the double because I'm a bad athlete, you know, it's just that the other two guys are so good. Um, and I think, you know, like for me now, it's just like keep going and, and just trying to be the best athlete I can be at the, at the moment. And, and then if the opportunity presents itself for some reason uh, and I do get a chance, which as unlikely as that might seem, uh, then I will be in a position to take it, you know, I think. Um, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it's motivation. I mean, I mean, I, I enjoy rowing. I like racing and I want to do as well as I can, no matter what race I'm in. I mean, I'm here competing in international regattas and, and I think if I can, if I can get, my, uh, get my act together and row a little bit better, then hopefully I'll be able to, to compete for gold medals and, and do better than I'm doing already. Well, that strength and depth in Irish rowing, and particularly in your own event, is very, very strong. And that's obviously something that's pushing all you guys to a new level. But like you said there, you want to get faster, you want to get better. And it's great to see that uh, enthusiasm coming from you. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, like, I mean, it's, a, it's just kind of the way we've, like it's we've been doing this forever and we've been trying to get faster our whole lives and and i don't think because i'm not in the double i should stop trying to get any faster it's it's still a, an exciting prospect to try and move the single faster than i've ever moved it and um yeah we'll see we'll see i'm enjoying it like i'm enjoying my time in the single and and learning how to race and i think you know like 2019 was my uh, my only other season ever racing in the single and when i was racing at the european championships there i was like somewhere like 16th place or i was way down the ranks and when i raced at the world championships i was miles behind the guys in the medals so i think i'm much closer to the medals now than i was then and and it's exciting to try and uh, try and get into that position where i can hopefully win medals at international regattas in the single thanks for listening to the star sport podcast number one for sport in west cork 
Affidown woman Emily Hegarty picked up a silver medal in Varese as part of the Irish women's four that finished second to the Netherlands in Sunday's A final. Ireland finished in 6-27-96 with the Netherlands winning in 6-27-51. So a gold medal was only four tenths of a second out of reach. A brilliant showing from Emily and her teammates, Kieran, and you had a chance to speak with her. Yeah, Emily, we were chatting to her live from Varese on the training camp um, earlier this week, and she was in great form, as you'd imagine, after winning uh, a European silver at a senior international championships. Over the last couple of years, she's picked up medals along the way. She won a silver medal at the 29th World Under-23s in Florida, and she won a bronze medal in the women's pair at the 2020 European Under-23s in Germany last year. But this is a step up for Emily. This is the a senior international regatta and she's new into that women's four but she slotted in there straight away and she looks right at home in a very impressive women's four that will look to try and qualify for the olympics they're they're not there just yet jack they're going to lose her next month in the final olympic qualification regatta and they're they're in a good place now to take one of the two spots that are up for grabs but as you know, in sport and in rowing, nothing is guaranteed. So they'll have to go out and perform in Lucerne next month. And there's probably a bit of expectation on them right now, given what, what they produced at the Europeans last weekend. And as Claire Lamb mentioned earlier, to gauge where this Irish crew is compared to the Dutch crew is very important because that Dutch crew are very, very good. Are they European or world silver medalists? And to see Ireland come within half a second of them is very, very encouraging. So over the next couple of weeks in the camp, they'll get time in the boat together and hopefully that will leave them in good shape before they hit Lucerne in a couple of weeks' time. But before we hear from, from Emily, just to touch on the lightweight women for a quick second, Jack, we'd two Skibbereen women are in that lightweight group. You've Aoife Casey is in the boat with Mags Kremen from Rochestown. You also have Lydia Heafy from Lip in the in the women's single. And odd three lightweights got to A finals last weekend. So Aoife and Mags finished fifth in the A final of the lightweight women's double and Lydia finished sixth in her lightweight single final. That lightweight double also has a chance to qualify for the Olympics. So they're also going to the Lucerne qualification regatta in mid-May. And they'll also take a lot of positives from the weekend. The, the general consensus is that double is an outside chance to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. That's not to say they can't do it because they can. And they showed last weekend when they got to an A final for the first time that they are they can hold their own in that elite company. So they have a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks. But it's exciting times for for Irish Irish women's rowing. The heavyweight group is very strong. The lightweight group is very strong. And as you'll hear from Emily Hegarty now from Affidown, she's in good spirits ahead of a busy few weeks. We're delighted now to be joined on the podcast all the way from the Rowing Ireland training camp in Italy by Skibbereen's own Emily Hegarty, who was a silver medalist from last weekend's European Rowing Championships. Congratulations, Emily. Fantastic result. How does it, how does it feel to be a silver medalist from a senior international championships? Thank you so much. Um, I guess like, uh, it's a massive conference booster and like we've all put in like a massive, massive winters of work. So like it's definitely really nice feeling like it's almost like relief to see like it's paying off now and it's a real boost going into the season ahead now. You've won a couple of big medals over the last last number of years. There was the the silver at the 2019 World Under-23s, the bronze at the 2020 European Under-23s. But where does this rank now? This is a silver medal at the European Senior Rowing Championships. Yeah, it's definitely nearly a bit surreal to be honest. Like if you told me like a few years ago, 
how like these few years would have panned out like I don't think I'd be able to imagine it like I think for a while it kind of felt quite far-fetched um but no it's definitely it's definitely a nice feeling to like see results after putting in the work Coming into this season, Emily, there was no known form for any crews. Um, so what was your expectation in the Irish Women's Four heading into the Europeans? I think we had been doing quite well at like the trials and like in pieces and training and stuff. Like we were quite confident going in that like we knew we had the potential to be quite fast. But I think it's definitely nice to see like that come to form and like it was our first international race as a new crew. So it's definitely really nice to see that speed and like we know there's still margins step up and to improve so it's a really nice feeling you said there that things were going quite well in training and that, that you are quite fast and let's go back to last friday's heat at europeans you're actually you won your heat but you're also the quickest qualifying crew from that as well so how much confidence did you take off your performance in the heat last friday i think it was definitely a good like race to like shake off the nerves and we kind of knew from there like okay like we're in with a shot of like meddling here and like it just it almost made it more like exciting to get like you wanted to get stuck in then it wasn't a case of like, oh, like they're close, like a bit of panic or anything. Like we knew if we stayed relaxed and like stuck to our race plan, like we knew we were fast enough and fit enough to be up there fighting for the medals. So that was, it was a good boost going into it. Yeah. And what happens in between Friday and Sunday? Because the, like I said, there the heat was on Friday. The final was on Sunday. So you Saturday to yourselves. Were you out in the water again? Did you take it easy? What did you do between the two races? Yeah, so we would have gone, we would have gone training. We did kind of, a longer swim maybe in the morning and then just quickly over the course in the evening just like keeping the legs fresh like staying in touch with the boat and just kind of preparing taking it easy then between like just resting watching some races head into Sunday's A final what was the expectation for you then were you thinking okay let's get into the medals here are we looking for performance or what was the target you set yourself yeah we definitely knew like from our heat that we weren't a good with chance in with a good chance for a medal so it was more so just kind of giving it a goal, sticking to our plan. And you definitely were in contention right the way through. And if we're looking at the last 500 metres, Emily, you passed out Great Britain, you were closing in on the Dutch. So was there any point in the race where you were thinking, OK, we're, we could win a medal here? I think we didn't do anything special off the start, but like we were always, we always kind of were in contact. So we kind of knew as long as we stuck with them that, you know, we could, we knew like we are, probably the fittest we've ever been like we knew we are fit enough to kind of push through the second half so I think that was kind of our main thing just stay in contact for as long as we could at the start and then just try push through as we as we continue the race and have you had a chance to look back on the final yet and what are your thoughts when, when you do look back in it yeah we actually did like we watched it last night with the highlight show on RT and um like it's just kind of funny like we actually thought by the like in the start we were like okay we can work on a few things here you know like we kind of did kind of notice a few things that we can step up on so that's that's positive going like into the next few weeks of training and you mentioned the next couple of weeks of training currently you're in you're staying on in Italy you have a training camp ahead of the next regatta which is in Lucerne and that's the big regatta Emily that's the final Olympic qualification regatta where the women's four will look to take one of the two available slots left at the Olympic Games so how much confidence can you take from the Europeans going into this training block and then take that into Lucerne? I think, yeah, we're here in Verizzi for the next four weeks and then travelling straight from here to Lucerne. And I think, yeah, we are, like, delighted with the result. Like, we knew that the Dutch were kind of a class act and, like, if we could get as close as we could to them, like, we would be delighted. So, like, we were really, like, it was a really nice boost finishing the race, having come so close to them. And 
I think it was only ourselves and Russia from that A final were yet to qualify. And like we know there's a few boats to come into it, like China, for example, like we race them in lanes. There's maybe like potentially a New Zealand crew, like we're not 100% sure who will come from outside of Europe for the final qualification, but like it's definitely, we know we're in with a shot. So it's just kind of digging in now to the next few weeks, like the job isn't done yet, so. Oh, it's very exciting times at the moment. And like you said there, you're in Verese now for the next couple of weeks. Besides getting the good Italian weather, what are the other benefits of this block of training? I think a big thing is like it is a massive thing with recovery, just being away on training camps. So, for example, like all our meals are cooked for us. Like we don't have to get in the car and drive 20 minutes to center. Like we're bussed everywhere. Like, you know, like the coaches would drive us. We come in like the most we have to do for ourselves is like go to the laundrette once or twice a week. Otherwise, it's completely like you're there to train. And then once you're off the water, just relax, recover eat well look after yourself and I think it puts you in a good position whereas like at home you'd be running around like doing food shops cooking for yourself driving to training all those things or that's kind of those are kind of worries that don't apply here essentially you mentioned too earlier Emily as well that you're you're new into this women's four crew so how easy or hard is it to slot into a seat in that boat I think considering like the group of girls like we all are very competitive with each other and I think no matter who was in the boat it was going to go fast that's kind of how it like close the margins were at the end regardless of who was in the boat this weekend it still would have more than likely got the same result like it was just so so close coming into like the trials and everything so I feel like we had a winter of swapping and like we'd be in pairs together fours together all different combinations up until a few weeks ago we were set so it definitely like we all slot quite well growing with each other so it wasn't a massive thing to get us to gel because I feel like we had such a winter where like we were rowing quite similarly we were all performing like the same essentially so I think it was kind of easy enough I think we got to a stage where no matter who was in the crew it was going to work and as well as being a great weekend for rowing Ireland it was a great weekend for skipperine rowers too at the European Championships the six skip rowers that went over to Varese all got the A finals Paul and Fintan took gold. Emily, you got silver. Lydia got through to her first um, A final at a major senior championships. Aoife Casey and Megs Crimmon finished fifth in the lightweight double. So what a brilliant weekend for Skibbereen Rowing again. Yeah, to be fair, it's like, it's a really cool thing to be part of that. Like, it's just so nice as well. Like we, like myself, Aoife Casey, Lydia, we would all row together as juniors. And it's just really nice, like having this now together, like having the same experiences and just being out here together. It's really nice. It's almost like a bit of home almost. That's brilliant. No, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Emily. Best of luck in, in the thank next Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And we've obviously been talking about rowing for much of today's show. And Kieran, I expect rowing is also going to dominate the sports section of this week's paper. Yeah, we have a busy sports section this week and a big sports section, Jack, and obviously rowing will take centre stage because it's, it's, it's not every week where you have West Cork athletes winning medals on a European stage, So, um, and especially in an Olympic year as well. So very encouraging signs for what lies ahead. But there's plenty of other reading in our sports section this week as well. We have an interview with Kinsale golfer John Murphy, who was selected on the Walker Cup team that will compete in Florida in early May. Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings, who's quickly becoming a fan of the show, Jack. He's breaking down 
why Gavin Coombs is so good. So he's looking at different aspects of Gavin Coombs' game and he's explaining to us what makes the Skibberine and Munster star such a special player. We've interviews with Luke Mead, the Town hurler. Um, I was chatting to him about the Cork's hurling campaign, which we'll uh, throw in next month when the National League starts. We have a very good interview with Cork ladies football manager Ify Fitzgerald when he talks about um, the breaking of COVID-19 training uh, regulations. He talks about West Cork players coming back from injury. He talks about the addition of the likes of Brian McCarthy from West Cork to the management team and so on. So good interview there with Ify Fitzgerald. Big weekend too last weekend on the Camogie front when when Jude, the Camogie Association have um, formally kind of, I suppose, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've accepted, you could say, Jude players into their into their rule book. So we've, we've all taken that. And there's plenty of more in there besides um, John Buckley from the West Cork League is looking ahead to what the West Cork, West Cork League season will look like. So loads in there, Jack. Plenty for our, our readers to sink their teeth into from Thursday morning on. Well, I can tell John Buckley what the West Cork League will look like at the end of the season, and that will be Baltimore Crabs at the top of the pile. But anyway, Kieran, we leave it there. And just a reminder that if you can't make it to the shops on Thursday to pick up a copy of the Southern Star, you can always subscribe online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper, and you can read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet, or smartphone for less than two euro per week thanks for listening to the star sport podcast we'll be back at the same time next week if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts so i'm